0: Today, we're talking about offensive notes from Spring Ball so far, defensive notes from Spring Ball so far, and we'll wrap up with the first part of our interview with princely Uman Mia Lin of the Florida Gators, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your team Every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find my written work with whole nine sports. Just going to ask, like, subscribe, comment, review, whatever. Let me know how I make the show better for you. Let me know how I can improve. And we're going to get into today's content. Now we're talking about offensive notes here from the Florida Gators spring practice so far to date, I know there's a practice later today, but we're talking about so far uh, quarterback, you know, going into this entire offseason, we were saying it's going to be a quarterback battle. It's going to be decided at the spring game, pretty much um, not, not so much, you know, Emory Jones has entered the transfer portal officially now. Anthony Richardson has pretty much separated as quarterback one, which is not a surprise for most of us. A lot of us are saying, you know, Anthony Richardson. Some people are on the Jack Miller the third train, but it appears that that is no longer really going to be the case, barring any unexpected changes. Uh, Anthony Richardson is separating. And then we look at quarterback two, and it's Jack Miller III or Carlos DeRio Wilson. And they seem to be like they're kind of in competition there because – I mean, I, I I'm I'm torn on this. I'll be honest with you guys. I'm torn on the quarterback two spot because, yes, I think it's fair to say Jack Miller the third or Anthony Richardson QB one, but if it's not Jack Miller the third, then I think you do have a little bit of a discussion a discussion there as to who will be QB two because the offense will change drastically should something happen to Anthony Richardson and Jack Miller III needs to step in. You eliminate a lot of the mobility and a lot of the the option aspect of this offense where Jack Miller III is, I think, a very good passer, but he's obviously not as athletic as Anthony Richardson, whereas Carlos Del Rio Wilson, I have said, is kind of that happy medium here where if Jack Miller III is QB1, I don't think you need to worry about that with Anthony Richardson because you add – to the offense when you have Anthony Richardson. You don't take things away. But if Anthony Richardson is the starter and Jack Miller III is QB2 and something happens to Anthony Richardson, you kind of have to remove a good deal of the offense, maybe not the deep balls, maybe you just trust him to throw those, but you have to remove at least the, that legitimate threat of a home-run runner at quarterback. So I think Carlos Darriel Wilson being closer to Anthony Richardson in play style is kind of better if he does win the QB2 battle. I don't know how open of a battle it is, but it does seem that Jack Miller third is no longer competing for quarterback one. He is more competing for quarterback two with Carlos Rio Wilson, who I know a lot of fans are fans of, and I know a lot of listeners are fans of, and we really like his play style. And then you look at receiver and The Gators, you know, we know what we have. This has been a discussion since last season. We have big-bodied receivers. We have Jaquavian Frazier. We have Justin Shorter. We have Xavier Henderson. We have big-bodied guys. But the thing is, do we have that dynamic playmaker, that dynamic speed demon that we need, that we've been missing since Kadarius Toney? And so far, no one has separated themselves. My money would be on Marcus Burke to be that guy that separates himself as the speed threat, the deep threat, the field stretcher, if you will, as a wide receiver, whether he's in the slot or out wide. But I also wouldn't be shocked if Fenley Graham kind of separated there, maybe not as the initial guy, but maybe as a rotational player, as that wide receiver four who can come in in the slot and be that guy. Because when you're looking at this, this, this speed threat. You don't need someone who can run crisp, concise routes. That's great if you can, but that's not what's required. You just need someone who can run. And that could be Fenley Graham. We know he is this freaky, dynamic athlete. We know that he's a monster returner when he was in high school and he's got that skill. Then you look at tight end and tight ends genuinely, obviously a little bit of a mess right now. Keon Zipperer has been the guy and it's been expected that he would be the starting tight end this season. But depth has been a serious issue right now. Keon Zipperer has impressed on the offense. There is no doubt about that. And I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him. I will say though, We've discussed this extensively. Head coach Billy Napier likes to run 12 personnel with two tight ends. And right now, we've got Keon Zipper and defensive players that have flipped to the offensive side of the ball for the most part. And, you know, unfortunately, it is, it is just horrible to hear Gage Wilcott's potentially career ending injury, definitely season ending injury. That, that, that's just a rough break there. But there's so many injuries at tight end in general right now where Keon Zipper, great that you're performing well but someone needs to step up. And unfortunately, right now, there's not many people that are available to step up. You know, Dante Sanders has impressed, Billy Napier said. But I think that might be as more of a Dante Sanders impressed for someone who changed positions, not necessarily Dante Zanders impressed, period. I, th- I think it's as far as expectations go, he's exceeded them, but they weren't high. Looking at the offensive line, it's much improved since last season, although that's that's not really saying much. The offensive line has struggled um, mightily so far this season. The expectation is that this unit is much more in sync than last season, and there's a lot more depth, and a lot of the young guys have stepped up. In particular, one young guy that you will hear Princely Uman Mielin talk about in our interview, and you you might be a little surprised about it, but it's something that I'm excited for. And I running back, y'all know I love the running back room. You know it. Uh, Naquan, right, is healthy now. So until the freshmen come in, we or until Trevor Etienne comes in, we've pretty much got our group. We've, we've got our running backs, and then we've got plus Trevor Etienne. And there's one thing that I want to talk about, because we can look at this entire running back room. We can go, look, they've, they've got speed. They've got uh, dynamic playmaking ability. They're explosive. They're all these things. And that's wonderful, and I want to talk about that later. That's not my key focal point right here. I love that this coaching staff, specifically Coach G. Luke, is focusing uh, a lot on pass protection with these running backs because I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, and I'll keep saying it until I die, where I think if you're a running back that can pass protect, that is phenomenal for you. That was one of my favorite things about Damian Pierce, especially when you look at the NFL. You know, when I was in Mobile... Uh, at the senior bowl, and I was doing these these live lockdown NFL draft shows, which you should go check out if you haven't. By the way, like they are dated now, but they've still got great information. One of the hosts, Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars, said one of the quickest ways to get off the field as a running back is to not be able to pass protect. If they cannot trust you in pass protection. You will not get on the field. And I will say that's not an issue with guys like Damian Pierce. That, that's 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 his strength. That's one of his strengths. And this running back room needs someone who can kind of step up as that pass-protecting back. And we're, we're hoping to see if things happen because that's a role that needs to be addressed. You know, we like to talk about the pass, the running backs as pass catchers, but you need to be able to protect your quarterback as well and specifically pick up the blitz. So I think that's an important part where Coach Jaluk is focusing on that, and I think that's a huge part. And I think when you look at the running back room, that might become um, – that might become a bit of a separator in terms of who's going to get on the field more because if you're all dynamic, you're all explosive, you're all home run hitters, you've all got solid vision, you can all create after contact. How is anybody going to separate themselves? And I think we look at pass protection as as that that number or that 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 kind of area where you can kind of solidify yourself as ahead of the competition and we're about to flip and take over some defensive notes here but first I'm going to talk to you guys about Build Bar because it's spring break time it is April we are only a couple of months away from summer my vacation is in a few months and um I need to work (laughs) if yours is about if you're focused on getting fit make sure to include Build Bar in your plan I am just terrible with my sweet tooth that's that's my weakness, but luckily for me, Built Bar is coated in 100% chocolate. Most bars have 130 calories and just four net carbs, along with 17 grams of protein. Throw out the hidden stashes, Reese's in the desk drawer, Kit Kat in the cupboard, whatever it is. Get, get your six-pack on. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited-time flavors, so you'll never get bored. Built Bar Puffs are delicious. They're protein marshmallows, basically. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. Thanks again for making Lock locked. Thank you. is your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. We're talking about the defensive side of the football here and this, this is, um, I'll say promising, because it seems to me that there are a ton of guys who, in practice, have stepped up and impressed when they really weren't expected to, so that's awesome. Antoine Powell is someone that I'm going to focus on first, because he's stepping up as an additional pass rusher, and we know that the pass rush already has guys like Brenton Cox Jr., has Princely Uman has Chief Borders, has Lloyd Summerall, but... Having that fifth pass rusher is crucial to have over the course of the season because guys are going to get tired. Guys are probably at some point going to get hurt. Again, this is not me saying I hope someone gets hurt. It's me saying it's football. You know, if you've played football before, you know you get hurt when you play it. And sometimes you can't play through the injuries that you have. And to me, that's the difference, by the way, playing hurt or injured. Injured is usually like it's a serious thing. You probably shouldn't play. Hurt is... You're fine. You know, it, it's walking off. It's one of those things. But um, it's great because this pass rush is something where there aren't a ton of answers right now. There are there aren't a ton of questions. It's pretty much just who's the depth here? We we, we can expect Brenton Cox Jr. and Princely as our starters, but the depth is really the question. And Antoine Powell is answering that. Shoring up the depth is such the depth is such a big Big issue here, and it's now being addressed. And then you look at the interior defensive line, and Chris McLellan has been a stud in spring ball so far, and that is great. I mean, it's no surprise. you know, He's been impressing, but that that's expected from him. He was a highly touted recruit out of Oklahoma, four-star defensive tackle, expected to be a great pass rusher. I expect him to be an immediate contributor to this team, which is something that I discussed yesterday. I talked about freshmen yesterday a lot, and I think Chris McLellan is one of those guys who – He's going to contribute to this team. I think he's just too talented to ignore here. And uh, I mean, given how spring ball's gone, he he's gonna he's gonna get his way. He's gonna get onto the field quickly. I think. Looking at a linebacker, uh, it seems to be shaking out. You know, linebackers a group where coming into spring ball, we were saying there's Ventre Miller, and then there's question mark, 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 question mark. And some of those question marks, it's like the uh, the the loft characters in video games. <laughs> it's like It's turning out. We know who it's starting to look like. Uh, DeWan Black is really coming into his own. Ventra Miller is obviously Ventra Miller. He's still the guy there. Then you look at the depth, and it's Scooby Williams and Derek Wingo have really stepped up. And it seems to be that those are going to be the four. Uh, most of the time, there's going to be two linebackers on the field. It seems like those are going to be the four that play most. Again, things might change given, you know, if there's an injury or when Shamar James gets here. And I realize that I talk a lot, a lot of high praise um, about Shamar James. But I just want you to know, it's because I think he's a phenomenal linebacker. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I think he's a phenomenal recruit. Uh, but looking at the personnel, it, it's interesting because, you know, I've spoken a lot about maybe being Ventro Miller and Dewan Black and then Derek Lingo and someone like Scooby Williams rotating in because we need that guy that can be that that run defender so that'd be Derek Wingo he's not a fantastic run defender but he's a little thicker built he's he's going to be that guy when if he's on the field Scooby Williams or Dewan Black and Ventron Miller is obviously the primary run defending linebacker there but it's going to be interesting to see the personnel that gets on the field because you know maybe if it's a third and short fourth and short we see Ventron Miller and Derek Wingo step on the field and kind of be the guys if it's a third and long or fourth and long I'm just saying, I'm I'm very intrigued to see Dewan Black and Scooby Williams if they get on the field at the same time because they're both um very light players, but they're also very talented in pass coverage. So I'd like to see them as, as the covered linebackers and if we play a team that wants to throw the ball 50 times a game and we go okay, guess what? Chief Borders and Dewan I mean <laughs> Dewan Black and Scooby Williams You guys are going to be the primary linebackers today. You guys are going to be just in coverage, letting letting it happen, wrecking things. As we'll say, Um, so I think that's going to be very intriguing to see the personnel that goes out there. Linebacker at cornerback, I don't. I'm a little hesitant to bring this up because I don't know if if y'all are ready to have this discussion right now. Because Jason Marshall Jr. and Avery Helm have been the guys, and for some reason. A lot of listeners don't want to have that conversation with Avery Helm being one of the guys. A lot of you are like, no, 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 It needs to be Jason Marshall Jr. And I don't even Jaden Hill or Jalen Kimber. It needs to be anybody but Avery Helm. And it makes no sense that you guys are so like, like children with the, with the baby food. No, no, no. Um, that's not the case though. Avery Helm and Jason Marshall Jr. have kind of separated themselves as the top two guys, which is... If you've been listening to Locked On Gators, should have been expected. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to talk my talk if I'm right. I'm going to let you know that. Uh, looking at safety, Corey Collier has been the uh, the the pleasant surprise here. We knew he had potential. Personally, I didn't know if we'd see him a ton this season. I was hoping. I, I'm a fan of his, but look, we, we didn't know what would happen. He's been solid in coverage. He reportedly had an, again, it was closed practices, closed close scrimmage, but he reportedly had a phenomenal scrimmage uh last week. So that that or this a few days ago. so that is great. He you know, he's he's delivering pops, he's hitting dudes, and that that's great for Corey Collier. Uh I, I would love to see him rotate on the field. I spoke about him yesterday as someone that could be a freshman that plays, because again it was true freshman and redshirt freshman. So I spoke about him yesterday as someone that wouldn't surprise me if he played. And I I, I want to see him out there. You know, I think we're gonna see a deep safety group, a lot of rotations, and I would be Happy if Corey Collier was one of them. We're going to get into our interview with Princely Uman Mialin, but first I'm going to talk to you guys about bet online because March Madness is over. That's it. It's, it's done. The next big event is baseball starting up in a couple of days, which is going to be so exciting. I can't wait for baseball season. I'm very excited. The MLB is back. Of course, I'm a Mets fan, though, Jacob DeGrom is already injured. So woohoo! But BetOnline Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using Bet Online for years, and this ain't cap. I've been I've been using Bet Online for five or six years now, whichever year uh, Virginia lost to UMBC in the first round. That was my first year. Um, it's not just basketball. It's not just baseball. It's not just football. It's not just sports. You can bet on reality TV, award shows. There, there is so much that you can bet on. Politics. If aliens are going to invade, head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts and it's where you're going to want to go to see how much money you made after. All right, and we are back with Locked On Gators, joined by Florida Gators defensive and defensive lineman princely uman Mialin. how's spring ball been going for you uh
1: spring ball's been going it's been going it's been going smooth uh learning the new plays have kind of been a a small challenge but they're not they're not too difficult and they they do the installs little by little so yeah it's been
0: going good yeah, every listener here knows by now uh I am a huge fan of Patrick Tony and his defensive scheme that he ran with Louisiana. I love what he can do and uh I would imagine it's a bit different cuz you know now we've got creepers going coming in and how has that been for you kind of just kind of just picking up this defense? Uh
1: it's been it's been a a small challenge but I uh I like it. it it's like much easier than our last defense and I just, I know it's like his kind of defensive style is like a run, a run stop first kind of defense. So we've been learning how to like play that uh, differently.
0: Okay. And uh, if you can tell us, I don't, I don't want you to give away any of the secret sauce here, but uh, if you can tell us, what can we expect your role to be in the defense?
1: Um, To be honest, I don't, I don't even know that yet, but right now I'm like a, a field side defensive end, but he said like, Right now, we're just practicing against against our, our team's offense. So it's not like we're scheming up anything. But he said, like, my role, like, it should be different, like, coming around when we start to game plan and stuff like that. So I really don't know
0: 100% right now. Okay. And how different is it for you to be playing under Billy Napier and this current coaching staff as opposed to the previous regime?
1: I would say this staff is, like, more tight-knit and, like, it feels more like family. To be honest. And like, I would say, like, the last staff, it was kind of like a kind of like an offense versus defensive thing. I mean, not really, but like on the field, like all the coaches, I would talk to all the coaches, but it was like some, it was just like this staff is just more tight knit. And it made, like, it feels like everyone's family.
0: Yeah, it is a massive family because <laughs> he's got so many on field coaches and such a big support staff what has the support staff been like for you as a player
1: uh me personally i haven't you know like uh i haven't really have like uh built like too much strong relationships with them i'm really i'm cool with katie and bree and all them but i really i feel like the support staff is uh i feel like the
0: younger guys lean lean more on them has there been a Specific offensive lineman during spring ball that's kind of stood out to you as someone that you've noticed improvement in from last season. For
1: Austin Barber. Get,
0: I yeah, he's someone that I've heard like in camp has been getting yeah, solid at left tackle and all that.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be a good one coming up as he as he gets older and starts to learn the offense more and stuff.
0: And then going backwards a little bit, uh, I want to talk to your recruitment a little bit or talk about your recruitment a little bit. What was your recruitment like and what ultimately led you to pick coming to Gainesville? Because you had offers from Texas where you were once committed, Baylor, Texas A&M, and Auburn. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, Well, my recruitment, it was really like, open I really made sure I didn't have because a lot of young guys going through recruiting they have a lot of people in their ear like trying to tell them what to do and all this other stuff. I had those type of people but I would just zone them out. My recruitment was like basically sold on me and what I wanted to do. Like I went on all my official visits by myself. I went on one of them with my mentor but my parents never went on my official visits with me or nothing like that. But I had I had like I lived in Austin and I was committed to Texas. So the Campus was, like, 15 minutes away from my house, if that, sometimes, And I would be up there, like, almost all the time. Even when I wasn't even on a recruiting visit, I would just go up there and go chill with the players and stuff. So, it felt like – like, that felt like a – like, it felt like as when I was in high school, like, they were family. And, like, I had close relationships with them and everything. So, I committed. But then I was like, hold on. Let me – I'm – thinking, like, too emotionally right now. Like, I'm thinking about relationships and stuff where I need to be, like, making a business decision. So I was, like – I looked at the history of, like, D-linemen, Texas D-line history, and it wasn't, like, too – it wasn't up to my, like, standards. So – and I wanted to play in the SEC, and I seen that, like, you know, NFL respect SEC – like, people try to say they don't, but um, they really do. Like, the SEC is, like – really uh, respected in the NFL, especially for D linemen and defensive players. So I told myself that I wanted to play in the SEC and I didn't want to play anywhere cold because I'm from Texas. So I wanted to be in the heat and I wanted to play for a team that could potentially, you know, I could potentially win a national championship for. And I was like, Florida's the best decision. And I also looked at a lot of depth charts and shit and stuff to see like where uh, I would probably have the, uh, best chance of playing early not that I'm scared of competition or anything like that but just being realistic like when I looked at AM depth chart they had like six or seven defensive ends I was like yeah no and <laughs> I looked here and I was like yeah this is like it
0: all makes sense yeah no that, that's a smart way to go about it uh and can I just quickly ask because I know that your brother is a recruit right now have you been involved in his process at all or are you letting him kind of Handle it how you handled it, where it was just like, hey, like like you're on your own, kind of figure it out where you think is best for you.
1: Yeah, I'm letting him handle it. I'm trying to get this new staff on board with him. I don't think they've really hit Texas like that yet, like recruiting wise. But I'm going to I'm try to get him down here for a visit soon. But, yeah, I'm letting him, him handle it uh, by himself.
0: All right, good. I, I'm just saying as a little brother myself, if my brother did something and he was like, no, 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 you have to do it different. I'd be a little annoyed at it. So, yeah. so I can, uh, I can appreciate that. Thanks Dan, for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with more on your Florida Gators in the second half of our princely interview. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback, Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole9Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports, and I will see you all tomorrow.